You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Well, Dan, as you know, one of the things that I enjoy doing is searching and looking for music that I have not heard before and most people haven't heard before because there's just so much good music out there and so many good bands that nobody's aware of. They're just not in the corporate stream. Well, it's a weird time. Everything's changed. You know, the whole paradigm of the way bands were discovered, the way talent was, now it's all like sliced up in a digital world and it's like finding a needle in a haystack, I think. It is, but it gives you the opportunity to find it. If we didn't have that digital world now. You're an addict. I am. You lurk around the internet and just find wonderful. (laughs) Two o'clock in the morning, I'm up with a cup of coffee (laughs) looking for, for obscure bands that I've never heard of before. And there is so much good music that's out there. And there is a band that I found, it was about a year ago, that I became very intrigued with, just with their name and their music. I really liked the music that they were putting out. They're a band from Riga, Latvia. Their name is Revelation Attic. And when I started to listen to their music, I was like, you know what? That's a band that I would like to interview sometime. And today we have the opportunity to hop on the Get Real G6 jet. (laughs) Via the World Wide Web, that is, of course, because we don't have a lot of money anyway. But we are going to be able to interview and spend some time with Rasa and her husband, another power team, husband and wife duo, putting out great music. Her husband, and I hope I don't slice this up too bad because I'm not from Latvia. I'm from Connecticut and I live in South Carolina. Guntis, is it? Yes, it's pretty much okay. Okay, good. I'm, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> for right now. I think he was being kind. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I think you murdered it, but that's... that's... We have them <laughs> both on the line. They are a power couple. Great musicians. Really fun people to be around. I've had some interaction with Rasa over the internet the past couple of days getting ready for this. and She's a lot of fun. And we're going to find out about Revelation Attic. It's a very interesting name. But first of all, I want to know, Rasa, can you tell us how it was that you and your husband met and how Revelation Attic came about? Uh, maybe I will transfer this question to my husband. <laughs> okay, I will tell how we met. We met uh, basically on internet. There is uh, a local website where bands are searching for band members. And we are searching for a vocalist in our old band. And then we find the Rasa. And we start to make music together. But it was our old project that is no more existing at the moment. And then we start to do music together. And as we uh, make music, our relationship starts after that. But about the relation article, we came up with this name. So, Rasa, was it love at first sight for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs> I love the long pause. That's good. Do tell. Do tell. Give this us is getting the, good. Yeah, give us the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, at, at the beginning, uh, we were just friends. Uh, I, I, We were so in music and... Uh, and talked all about music, and 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 then somehow it turned, like in romantic movies, you know. Uh, somehow it turned out uh, that uh, we are more than just friends. That's a beautiful story. It really is how music brought the two of you together, and I think that's why your music is so good, is because you two are so compatible with each other, is and it just flows from you, and. 
Rasa, you're the singer-songwriter, and your husband, he plays bass, guitar, and he's the composer. Is that correct? Yes. So when you guys make music, do you come up with the lyrics first, or does he come up with the musical composition first, or does it just all come together at one time? How does that work for you guys? Uh, Usually he has uh, composed uh, a phonogram, and then I... I write the uh, lyrics and the uh, singing melody, and uh, that that's usually how it happens. That I I finish the song with uh, with the singing melody and uh, lyrics, and Guntis has done all that uh, symphonic work. What you can hear when you listen. <laughs> Basically, it all starts uh, with uh, some guitar riffs or some theme, something like that, and then it grows, grows and grows, and then it and then become a song. So, Rasa, when you started singing, who inspired you to start singing? How did you find out that you had that gift? When did it all start uh, for you, the music journey? My grandma kind of pushed me into that, that direction uh, because uh, when she was young, she she was like about to sing in opera and she couldn't because of the her situation home. And so she her dream was that I could sing and... and, and and she heard uh, me little singing, and then my mom and dad came up with uh, with the idea that I should uh, sing in contests, song contests, and uh, then I met uh, the Cranberries, and uh, that was that was my favorite band like for 15, 16 years, uh, and uh, Sinead O'Connor uh, also inspired me. Those were the ladies that um, I'm thankful for and of course my family for supporting me. That's really special that you had a family that supported you in what your passion was. Yeah, definitely the Cranberries and Sinead O'Connor, very unique. I I was really into them. Yeah, I mean, they are very different, uh, very skilled. And you were actually on Latvian TV back in 2005, was it? Yes. And you performed a Sinead O'Connor song. Yes. And I'm going to play that, a little piece of that, so that people can hear how controlled your vocals are. When I saw it, it just blew me away. The talent that you have is just amazing. So this is Rasa on Latvian TV. Just take a listen to this, and everybody's going to probably agree with me that this is just absolutely amazing. One of the songs that you guys do on your first album is a Kate Bush song. And I've always been a Kate Bush fan. This Woman's Work is the song that you do on the album. How did Kate Bush influence your style and your music? Because I, when I watch you and when I hear you, I hear a little bit of Kate Bush in there as well. Oh, that's nice. Actually, uh, I first uh, I heard the cover version for Running Up That Hill by Within Temptation, because I I, I wasn't uh, aware of a singer like Kate Bush, because uh, 
she was uh, singing already in 80s and I was uh, just born in 80s <laughs> and so so it was like kind of like that way uh, I used to listen Kate for a while and uh, I play her uh, album 50 words for snow every every time when snow is falling and, and oh. um, what's your favorite Kate uh, Bush song Misty Misty okay the first time that I heard of Kate Bush was when she did the duet with Peter Gabriel on his album. So she did the female vocals on the song Don't Give Up. And yeah. I just found it very soothing. And that's how I got into Kate Bush. And then running up that hill was big when when I was a teenager and cool in high school. Well, I'm still cool, but um, back he was when... never cool. <laughs> I was too. You were not. <laughs> yes, I was. I, I didn't know you. To be fair, you were probably so, cool. I was cool in my own mind. But <laughs> Running Up That Hill, that was a song that just really epitomized the 80s. And I didn't experience her earlier stuff until a few years ago when I found the song Withering Heights. And the first time I saw and heard that song, it startled me because it's just all over the place. And I went back and listened to it again after the first time, after I was startled by it. And I was like, this is just artistic beauty, the way that she controls her voice and just goes off the chain. And what a wonderful, gifted singer. And I definitely hear Kate Bush's influence in, in your voice and your vocals. That's interesting. The uh, the three vocalists that you brought up, Rasa. They take a little more chance. It's a riskier vocal style. I think that's exciting. It was probably challenging or something that makes it more engaging, yeah. you know, to listen to. So. And you have to be skilled to do that. Oh, yeah. Jumping from regular to falsetto to all of the yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. That, takes, that takes a lot of skill. Guntas, when did you get into music? When was the first time that you wrote a composition? How old were you at that time? Give us the, give us the deets on that, man. I started playing a guitar in uh, 2009, in February. I remember that correctly because I scraped that number on my first guitar to remember. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's cool. You make me feel basically... bad, though, because I've been playing guitar since I was like 18, and you're a billion times better than I will ever be. So anyway, that's that's cool. This guitar playing is, is not my favorite thing now uh, now I'm a bass player basically <laughs> guitar I'm playing just because there is no one who play guitars in our band <laughs> but uh, but basically I play bass but about the bass it came accidentally I one time I pick up bass in my hands and this is it it's stuck in my hands uh. and now I'm a bass player and it 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 starts I don't remember exactly, but a few years later. And my first songs that I, I wrote, they are pretty old and they are nothing worth to remember. They are pretty crappy songs. <laughs> <laughs> but everything is starting with something. And these first songs, they need to be written to I can get more and better. That is so true. I feel that way about the podcasts and interviews that Dan and I have done. If you go back into the archives, we had to start somewhere yeah, and it progressively gets better. And that's really encouraging for our listeners because Gundis, we have a lot of listeners that are artists and are working to be artists and want to express themselves through their art. And sometimes when you're an artist, you run into frustration. It's like, oh, I'm not quite where I want to be. But when I first heard your music, it took me back it was it was really good off of your first album cradle of life 
And one of the things that intrigues me a lot about you is the themes that you present, not just in your music, but it seems like everything is very well thought out, very thematic. That's a big word, isn't it? I'm impressed. (laughs) Wow, I used a big word today. (laughs) Um, Very thematic and inspired. And it looks like there's a definite message that you want to get across. And I was fascinated by the name of your band, Revelation Attic. What does that name mean to you? And what do you want people that come in contact with you? What do you want them to know about you through that name? Okay. Attic basically is a place above us. It's something higher. Maybe dustier. But in that upstairs area, you can look and find revelations. Huh. Uh, revelations wow. about yourself, about God, about the meaning of life, and so on. And that's, that's it's what we are doing. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. That is powerful. Can I nerd out? Oh, on you some, can some go for it, bro. Stuff, uh, Gunther. So, in, <laughs> as far as bass guitar, I know enough to be dangerous, but it it seems to me, and I want to know whether you agree that when it comes to songwriting and composing, sometimes establishing the baseline makes writing a song so much easier. Do you feel that that is easier to write songs because I can write them on piano or on guitar on different things, but somehow. I'll have a completely different capture of the structure of the song if I write the bass line, you know, first. Do you feel that's true? It's always different when you are writing songs on guitar, on bass, or piano. It's always something different. But what about the bass? It's a foundation. If you have great foundation, then you can add everything up to it. But, yeah, maybe it is the basis from the bass start all the, all the music. Do you have any uh, players or influences that are high on your list as far as, uh, you know, that have influenced you or that you are kind of like bass heroes, you know? I listen to classic rock musicians like The Purple, like like Pink Floyd, like uh, Kiss and other. And in rock music, the bass player are playing more interesting stuff than in metal music. Basically. Exactly. And I noticed that in your playing. I, when, <laughs> yeah. I, when I listened to that and song I, earlier, I thought, I hear a little in-twistle. This is a little more classic rock than metal, which I find way more interesting. I mean, I, I love metal, but it's like sometimes bass is very limited and it's very just rhythmic. And you were doing more kind of three-dimensional playing. I was like, this is interesting. Okay. It is. And I'm thinking, can I play some interesting bass parts in a metal song but that song still must be a metal song not to convert it in a rock song mm-hmm. no no i'm trying to do that yeah 10 seconds into the songs that Glenn upside was playing down to me yeah i heard that and i was like this is way more interesting bass work than regular metal he brought up upside down with the interesting bass work in it and i find that song very interesting And I'd like to know, and this is a question for both of you, Upside Down. Let me just read the lyrics from Upside Down real quick for our listeners, and we're going to let them take a listen to it after we talk about it. These are the lyrics. I cannot feel white rope around my neck, though it seems it's too late. You always need few drops of wine to make me feel like I just broke my spine. I should have seen you turning the whole universe upside down. Your hell is real. There's no chance for doubt. Because I felt flames and chains on my skin. I should have seen you turning the whole universe upside down. Upside down is the world. 
upside down is the world. I should have seen you turning the whole universe upside down. Why I want to leave it? Because the seed of truth has been sown. This is very profound. This is very profound, very poetic. I want to know what was it, and both of you can answer this question, what inspired this song, Upside Down? It's really a personal song. It's about uh, addictions and uh, about the evil forces who try to consume us and uh, how to survive the fight and uh, move on. And uh, like I was singing that song you, uh, using the uh, word you uh, to devil. Okay. And uh, so it uh, maybe some uh, some people can relate to that song because they have experienced something like that in their personal lives. That's very profound. But, and I did not realize this until I started putting the interview questions together. Rasa and I actually have something in common. And it's not great vocals. I can't sing like she does. But <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and try. I want to hear it. Glenn's going to try. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like dying cats. (laughs) That's me that sounds like dying cats. I'm sorry. Um, You're a theologian. You've been to theology school. Yes. Where did you study theology? At Latvian University. And that's your master's degree, correct? You have a master's in theology? Yeah, master's, yes. There we go. Bingo. I knew this was going to be a great interview. I knew, I knew, I just knew it. Great metal, great theology. That's what the Get Real podcast is all about. Well, you know what? Uh, it's hard for me to believe that actually harder music was really frowned on from a lot of Christians. A lot of people are like, oh, what does that have to do with the kingdom of God? But if you look and you listen to the themes, to the sobriety of the subject matter, the the big questions of theology, of life, death, heaven, hell, apocalypse. I mean, all the things that are going on, sin, redemption, the cross, blood, that's intense stuff. And I think it's communicated very well with their type of genre yes. of, of music. You know? Yes. And I like Upside Down. And I do want to ask this question. Because the universe, it is upside down, not just in people's personal lives right now where they're dealing with things like addiction, but you take a look. I can't stand watching the news anymore because it's just all about the pandemic and coronavirus going on and and the stuff that's going on out there, which is which is real. But the world is upside down. We, we are living in an upside down world, and I think people are finally admitting to that fact that the world is upside down. When you guys wrote this song, you were writing about personal addictions, personal battles with the devil, the demonic, evil forces. Did you foresee or have any sense at all when you wrote this song that it would get to this scale where the entire world is just completely upside down at this point in time? Was that like. yeah? Was that something that was stirring in you when, when you were writing this? Because in a way, I see this as kind of a prophetic song of what we're moving in right now. It's very appropriate for today. I just wanted to, t- to say... I'm no prophet. <laughs> <laughs> what you did touch upon in this song is very appropriate for the time that we're living in right now. I kind of see this like a world slowly moving to its end. And uh, our planet, our everything, like I'm in apocalyptic times, live, <laughs> living in apocalyptic times. And so I, I'm not wondering about uh, catastrophes and, uh, and uh, some illness, sickness and fires and i think that's that's part of the process that uh, we should go through 
because I, I think it's uh, end of time season started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I think Dan and I both agree with you well, on that. Some of that used to sound a little far out, like a little over the top, you know, and now it's like just if you do watch the news or you look at the headlines and you see pestilence, you see volcanoes, earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars. I mean, just crazy yeah. stuff going on. Locusts. Locusts. And on top of that, Dan and Rasa and Guntis, something that I was reading today just before we did this interview, I was reading about murder wasps. They are wasps that are very big. They're like a big, big wasp. And when they sting you, they've got enough venom. If you get enough stings from this particular wasp, it will kill you. Mm. And it says that when you get stung by the wasp, it feels like metal shooting through your veins. Mm. It's, it's absolutely horrible. Yeah. And they're pretty, they're pretty big. And they found them, I think, they found them in the United States. I can't remember what state. They found two of them in this state, in the United States. And of of all the things, here we go with more calamity and pestilence. It sounds like a metal band. Murder remember? wasps. I used to be the drummer for Murder Wasps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a lot of fun with band names. I really like how theirs is so thought out. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking that I could start one called Revelation Garage. You've seen my you, you've seen my garage, haven't you, Dan? You may enter, but never return. Oh, Glenn! Well, here's upside down by Revelation Attic.
You know what I've noticed about you, Glenn? What? Is that you really just kind of want to be a DJ. I do. There's part of Glenn, <laughs> y'all, growing up through the, the, the 70s and 80s, we're, we're old guys. But Glenn, I think, really wanted to be the guy playing the hits. Like, okay, we'll be right back, and then you play the records. That's you. I know you well enough. I figured it out. When I was in sixth grade, after I gave up on the hope of becoming a starfighter for the Galactic Intergalactic Space Force. Nerd. I wanted to be a disc jockey and I was fascinated with radio. Okay. So that's how this that's how this all started. Yeah, you and get a spring in your step when you're yes. like, we'll be right back. But first, upside down. And you know what else I wanted to do, Dan? What? I wanted to have a radio station in my own room. Okay. Well, hey, now you well, got, and look you got at the fishbowl. Look, we got the fishbowl right here. You have another song that I really like, Where Are You, My King, which is a little bit more on the positive side. Can you tell us about that song? It's uh, about um, turning from uh, paganism, ancient uh, Egyptian religion, and uh, occult stuff and uh, exorcism things to Christianity, like um, like a uh, saving grace. Maybe that's why it feels so light and not so aggressive. <laughs> it's very hopeful sounding. It's very romantic as well there's a romance to it these are the words to where are you my king i have lived inside dark woods had almost lost myself will anybody be with me i'll see real soon i stand up i go forth to fulfill my destiny will i see my guiding light shadows of ghosts now are hunting me are you going to believe will you be with me warriors came to take me far away i've never meant to say goodbye I'm not gonna say. Where are you, my king? Man, that's that's, cool. that, that's the way I've been feeling the past couple months with everything going on, and I think that's why this song resounds with me. There's there's a romance when you fall in love with Jesus. Yeah. Where are you, my king? Where are you, my stone of love and faith? I do want to see you here in this fight with demons in my head. Where are you, my king? Where are you, my stone of love and faith? I do want to see you here in this fight with the demons in my head these screaming crows can't eat my soul they cannot destroy my faith and i don't want to run away mm. that is so beautiful be yeah. that is so beautiful you know even if you didn't have the music behind this rasa it's just beautiful poetry oh thank you did you write you so did you write poetry growing up as, as a young girl did you do that actually no i hated poetry and I still do. <laughs> <laughs> I love the honesty. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're like, was it love at first light? She's like, no. No, and I hate poetry. <laughs> it's kind of like my life, all the things that I said I would never do or never do oh, again. Don't do that. Don't ever say, oh. Do you catch yourself? Like, I do. I, I'm 49, you're 48, and I have learned a lesson. If y'all haven't learned this one, you might want to jot it down. <laughs> if Just don't say, I will never, like, drive a car, like, or I will never do. And then I find myself doing it, and I experience God's sense of humor, I think. I'm sitting there doing the exact <laughs> same thing. I told myself, never, I'll never do. And then I'm like, 
oh, how the mighty have yes. fallen. Yes, yes. <laughs> when you were in college, you were one of those guys. I'll never drive a minivan. Then oh, and yeah. I, I remember and you. Then, then you know, <laughs> I have three. I had three kids, and it's like you have special muscles for moving the car seats inside and out of the minivan. You know, and I'm like, oh, this is the death of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I drove a minivan too. So because I had four I, kids. <laughs> I, hey, I saw a minivan in traffic the other day, and it had a sticker on the back of it saying. I used to be cool. <laughs> That's really good. I feel like my whole life is that I used to be cool in my own head. In your own head, exactly. We were both cool back in the day.
lot of our listeners are not going to realize this, but this is the first interview that you guys have done, isn't it? Yes, it is. We are so excited to be able to interview. As I said at the beginning of the program, you are a band that I've wanted to interview because I found your themes and everything just so fascinating. I really could sense that there was something deeply spiritual and deeply thoughtful going on there. And that's that's what we do here at the Get Real Podcast. We want to get real and find out the story behind the story. Now, as far as touring or playing publicly, I know here and most places around the world have been deeply affected by the coronavirus. I would assume that in Latvia, it's probably the same. There's probably not a whole lot of gigs going on. Is is Are you all affected? Yes, we are all sitting at homes watching YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you can uh, can write music right now. You know, you can write a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we exactly are doing that in that moment. In in these days, we are working on some some stuff, some new stuff. And I read, and I could be mistaken, but I read that there's a second album coming out soon. Is that correct? Yes. When when we are thinking it's soon, <laughs> we don't we, we we try trying to do it be soon, but it it not goes as fast as we wanted to. And we have a lot of work to do. But now when when this pandemic is Thank God we have a lot more time to do some songwriting. Do you do the mixing and the recording as well, or does someone help you all with that? Do you outsource that to like a studio? We are recording by ourselves, but uh, there are there are guys who are mixing and mastering for us. I try to do it by myself. I learn learning and trying and mixing and mastering whole year, and this result was was not so great and think it will be better when, when some professional master and mix and master engineer will do this work. It's hard to the do sound. it all. Yeah, it's hard yeah, to do hard everything. To do in, especially if you don't really know what you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> what is this knob? <laughs> <laughs> don't push that button. <laughs> no, yes, something like that. Where can our listeners find your music? Where can they download it and how can they best support you guys? Some of the, our songs are on YouTube, on our channel, and and people can listen and download our music on every streaming platform this, that is available. On iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, Google Play, and, and on all others. What we're going to do is I've thoroughly enjoyed this interview. And as I said earlier, this is one that I've been wanting to do for a while. So it's a privilege to have you on. Every month here at the Get Real Podcast and Lithos Cry on our website, we feature an artist every month, and we've just entered into the month of May already. I've kind of lost track of days, and yeah, everything too. feels like the same thing. But we are in the month of May, and we are going to feature Revelation Attic on our website as the artist of the month, and we will put the links to your music and to your Facebook page for our listeners so they can find you easily by going to our website at lithoscry.com. It's our way of serving you and, and helping you out because the music that you're putting out, not only is it quality music, but it's got hope in it. And it's it's really got a very strong message that I believe glorifies God. And thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank for, you for opportunity. If you want to reach out to Dan and I at the Old Fish Bowl here in South Carolina, you can reach out to us uh, at lithoscry.com or send us an email at lithoscry at gmail.com. Lithoscry.com. Lithoscry.com.